Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Salacast for this season. Myself, Glyn Price and Ollie Warner. We are recording this at, what, 9.30 on whatever day it is, the 23rd of December. We weren't going to do another podcast before Christmas, but we have been inspired by the football and the results and Steve Cottrell's general demeanour to do another one, haven't we? Yeah, we thought it would be fun <laughs> just to cover it off. It's not It's not often that we win three games in a row. No. Um, so, yeah, there was a yeah few, few, few fans saying, are we doing the podcast um, today? So, yeah, we thought, why not? We're both off now, so... Yeah, why not? Why not cover a game? And yeah, a good game that it was. Yeah, another another performance very similar to the last two we covered, but you know, just another step forward and a, and a huge momentum shift in terms of our position in the league, which we'll cover too when we've, we've gone through the game, won't we, Ollie? But it just just fantastic, and and you know, it just to, to go on this winning run of three wins away from home. You know, we'll go through the stats and stuff, but it it really is you know a sort of statistical. Um, you know, it's been a while, as you said, since since it happened, and it, and it really is something worth you know just reflecting on before we get into the podcast. This this run has been unbelievable, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a Christmas miracle. Uh, uh, yeah, I keep I'm going to keep posting until uh, until we will lose, and one day we will lose. Some fans are saying <laughs> we'll we're going to win every game one nil until the end of time. Um, but yeah, it's five games in the league, um, two draws and three wins, and mm. um, we were lamenting how tough December was going to be. Unbelievable! And yeah. it, it has been a tough month, but the results are just ridiculous. Yeah, like like. Just like everything has changed, it's just and it's really interesting. I saw um, a few analytics um, accounts on Twitter talking about this this week, about how important managers and coaches are. And you know, if you ever um, you know ever want to question how important a football manager is, um, it, this is just shows how important um, the staff mm. are in terms mm. of guiding the players. It's it's truly remarkable, and credit to the staff, but also credit for the players for, for taking it on, um, which is quite interesting, actually, because I listened to um, David Longwell's interview, and he said yeah. a few interesting things. He said the manager is so demanding, um, the players are taking on stuff very quickly and brought into it, um, and also he commented on Steve Cottrell's attention to detail on the training ground, which is a yeah. fangling. Is, you know, you, one, you love the insight, but two, it's just great to hear, isn't it? Yeah, and, and Dave Longwell being brought into it shows that he's not afraid to use some of the resources we've already got at the football club and, and identify you know staff that might have a future in you know more than just an academy sort of uh, sort of position really, which is good. I'm really glad that Dave Longwell's involved. It seems like a sensible move. It's probably saved us a little bit of money as well. Let's be honest about well, it. I think so, it says a lot about Steve Cottrell that he's brought yeah. in a new assistant manager. You know, he hasn't brought in like an old crony, what people sometimes do. He's brought in a yep. new assistant manager um, with a you know fresh look and a player who's and a player a person who's just been a player. And then he said, right, okay, well, we've got the goalkeeping coaches here, the analysts is here, the physios here. I'm happy to work mm. with them. And just shows, yeah, it's, I think that's quite commendable. Um, and it's interesting as well that Steve Cottrell um, and Dave Longwell, maybe Aaron as well, I don't know, um, but those two definitely went to go and watch Burton on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see that they're working yeah. well together. And, and as we said, we'll get into the end of it, but it's just this turnaround, you know, we, we just want to really flag it up right at the start of how mad it is. I mean, I can't remember a turnaround this quickly under any manager in my time. You know, we talked about what Hurst did when he first came in, um, when we were sort of down on our haunches, but, it, you know, those first five games didn't go anywhere near as well as what no. these have gone. Um, and although they did go well and set the platform for the rest of the season, this this feels already a little bit, and you don't want to get ahead of yourself, that it's a platform to keep us out of relegation. But, you know, considering it's not even December, there might even be a platform to, to go well and, and maybe a 
achieve better than mid-table. It, it, it does feel a little bit like that at the moment, and there are obviously a lot of things that still need to be fixed at the club. But yeah, it, it's just it's just that kind of turnaround, really. And, and you know, we talked about new manager outs, but this is almost beyond that in some respects. We're one three games away from home for teams that all could have gone top of the league when we played them. Is is remarkable and and definitely you know the main thing to say at the start of this podcast. So yeah, long may it continue. Let's go for number four, Ollie. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. If you said, um, I saw Chris Hudson put this. You know, if he said, you know, we were going to win three games in a row, someone would have taken you away in a white van. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just brilliant. And yeah, Tam fans are quite rightly incredibly chuffed. Yeah, it's definitely the most exciting little period these last five games since since Hurst was at the club, really. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the game. Ollie, we've got some interesting stats, and um, and and yeah, and we'll reflect on what was a great performance. They drew two two at Millwall only a few days ago, but here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance! Must jolly be a goal for Taylor. Shrewsbury are back in it. So Doncaster nil, Shrewsbury Town one. A scoreline becoming very familiar to. Um, goal <laughs> in the second half from Aaron Pierre, who's now a, who's yeah joint um, top goal scorer. He's caught Wally up. Um, so both of them have scored the same number of goals <laughs> on four. Um, so that's good. So yeah, three clean sheets, which is quite impressive. And yeah, when was the last time we had three clean sheets, Glenn? Um, yeah, interesting. I went back and had a look. It was it's it, a lot of the answers to these questions are the Paul Hurst season where we almost went up. But yeah, it's the first time since December two thousand and seventeen when um, we kept three consecutively clean sheets against Blackpool, Portsmouth, and Wigan. Um, they, one of those was at home. I think maybe two of those were at home. So I don't know when was the last time we kept three consecutive uh, clean sheets away from home. Uh, someone was saying they suspect it might be as far back as um, uh, the the Fred Davis season. Um, so I'm going to have to trawl trail back through the stats a bit further for that one, Ollie. But yeah, it's it's been a while since two thousand and seventeen. Obviously obviously three years, um, or obviously December as well, since we kept three clean sheets. So, yeah, uh, uh, the defence deserve a whole a whole lot of credit for the, for the defensive record turning around and, and those three clean sheets. And, and Sarkic, I suppose, Ollie. And the whole team. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, Norman true. and Vela have been key to that. Yeah, um, strikers, But, yeah, some of the, the tackles um, and headers and clearances from the central defenders has been immense. Sure, before I get into the rest of stats, Ollie, you know, you were just joking there, saying we're getting used to 1-0 scorelines. Um, and that was the old Arsenal thing, wasn't it? 1-0 to the Arsenal. Have we become boring, boring Shrewsbury? Is, is <laughs> is that what it is now? You know, instead of it being boring, boring Arsenal, I'd take that for the rest of the season, wouldn't you? I would take that for the rest of time because we ended up, we'd end, we end up winning the Champions League. Um, but, well, there you go. But um, yeah, it's it's a results one nil. It's a results, it's a results <laughs> game, um, and you know, wins just cover up everything, don't they? You know, people yeah. look back to yeah. the. You know, we've talked about this before, and we've people talk about the poor season as if we played total football. We didn't. We didn't play total football at all, but we played winning football and everyone loves winning. Everyone loves scoring goals. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about winning, isn't it? That's what it, that's what it is at the end of the day. And that's why we were, that's what we were starved of for such a long period. Yeah, if you've got a couple of wins, it means, you know, you can have a good performance and lose the next one and no one really gets too knocked off about it. If you're not winning and you don't put good performances in like we have done for the last couple of years, then you haven't got a leg to stand on really. But yeah, some interesting stats. So my two big stats all year for you are we never won three games in a row in the league, home or away, under Sam Ricketts or John Askey. So within <laughs> within five games, Cottrell has already done something that Ricketts and Askey could not achieve at League One level. So again, just a, another feather in his cap on that one. And, and interestingly, you know, Rick... Um, Cottrell's come in and obviously got 11 points in five games and it's taken it took Sam Ricketts in his last 17 games to get the same amount of points so just when you we compare those two stats Ollie between what we've had those last two years and those last two managers and what we've got now that's a really stark comparison isn't it yeah it is and it's why we were quite keen to you know make mm. a change um, yep. you know you know I know and some people weren't quite happy with some of the tweets we put out there but 
you know, it was, it was all to see that we needed a change. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, unfortunately for Sam Ricketts, it's probably it's not going to help him, the fact that no. Steve Cottrell's come in and done so well. And it just questions, yeah, as we've, we won't cover it all again. We need to move on, don't we? But yeah, it just shows you that, yeah, yeah. you know, good coaching, what good coaching can do um, and how important it is. Yeah, the bad, the bad thing for Ricketts is the more this sort of thing keeps happening to us at the moment, the worse he's starting to look, isn't he? But and football is such a small industry. <laughs> You know, yeah. everyone talks. I'm sure every CEO or recruitment guy will have um, Brian Caldwell's number, or he'll have mm. Keith Birth's number, or you know, I'm sure you know. Sure, there's only a very small degree of separation. You can very quickly, yeah. I'm sure, pick up the phone to Ollie Norburn or someone like that in football and find out what was going on. And yeah, mm. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people know what's happened at Shrewsbury over the last few months. Maybe Dave Edwards will write an, an extra couple of paragraphs in a reissue of his autobiography, and we'll find out one day. But there we go. Um, and yeah, it's it's easy enough to compare, you know, the new manager to to the managers that we've just had because the comparison is very stark. But one interesting one I had to look at, and I mentioned this briefly last week, Ollie, is how well he's done in terms of all Shrewsbury Town managers. And now, after five games, um, getting eleven points, only one manager in the history of the club has had a better start in the in the league um, in terms of of the results in terms of the points they've taken. So obviously, after five games. Steve Cottrell's got 11 points. The only manager to have done better in his first five games at the club was Graham Turner in 2010-11 when he got 13 points. And that, obviously, that was at League yeah, Two level. That was League so, Two level, and also yeah. had a whole preseason. And yep. um, yeah, obviously, we went on and had a very great season. It just yeah, I think that's a great Unreal. that's a great stat going because I think it yeah. just puts into context how remarkable it is. And should we go on to beat Wigan next week, um, he, he would have the joint best start of any Town manager after six games, which would be mad. And that would be joint with Turner again, but from the 78-79 season where Turner did really well. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, it's not just comparable to... to <laughs> we should really move away from Ricketts and, um, and Askey's comparisons because his start is yeah. comparable with some of the best the football club's ever had. So that's why just we're so excited. That, yeah. if, if, if the teams above us, so if, if AFC Wimbledon and, and Plymouth Argyle don't win... Or or draw, and we win, and we'll go up to fourteenth. <laughs> Crazy! <laughs> oh dear. We'll have a look at the league table later yeah. on. It is, it is a bit mad how everything's turned around so quickly. And and in terms of just some some you know the first time since, um, it's the first time we've won three games in a row since February seventeen eighteen, um, which was Scunny, Walsall, and Charlton. And then it's also the first three league consecutive away victories we've had um, since the same period, seventeen eighteen in February, and that was Fleetwood, Charlton, and Scunthorpe. So again, more comparisons back to that her season. But you know, it is amazing for me, really. You know, I've I've always done stats, and I've been doing it more really since we we did the podcast, Ollie, because they've been useful. And for for the last two years, you know, there was so many stats that were right up there in in terms of the worst since, and you know, we've been going back until the nineties and saying this was the worst run since and least amount of wins since, and and within. <laughs> Within five games, we're looking at historically good runs within the history of the football club. So, very crazy time period at the moment. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to add a few more to that next week, Ollie. So, there we go. A lot of stats to take in. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, things to tell your family over the Christmas dinner table. There you go. <laughs> a few stats there for the fans. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And talking of fantastic, who started? Um, so, we yeah. had um, Sarsic and Gold again. Um, we had Williams, Ebanks. And Pierre in the back three. Um, we had Miller, Norburn, and Vela, and Daniels as a kind of a, mm-hmm. kind of the four across. Edwards came in as the number ten and replacing Goss, who's injured. Um, and yep. Walling and Ado started. So apart from um, the Goss injury, that's the team you expected, I'm sure. Right? Oh yeah, he, as we said last week, I think he likes consistent team selection, Ali, and he's not going to change it most weeks. And um, with having the week off and the Sunderland game 
getting called off. He said that that would help us, and it certainly did. I think you know a lot of the lads looked really fresh, didn't they, uh, during this game? And there wasn't really too much well, of a. We did and we didn't. We started sluggishly, but started sluggishly. But, but what I meant is the fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But um, and Edwards coming in obviously was the only change, and it's a real shame for Goss, isn't it? Having battled back from not being registered to getting back into you know the new manager's plans and clearly being quite a big part of what he's trying to do now to get a calf injury that means he's out for four weeks is a real kick in the teeth, isn't it? But you know we, we've got a couple of options there, haven't we? Um, but I thought it was really interesting that he went with Edwards there and not moving Vela back to ten and maybe bringing Walker in. So yeah, not a good sign for Walker still injured, either. Though. I don't, I'm not sure. I thought he was okay, but maybe he is. I, I, I couldn't. I, who knows? I should have checked that really before I. I think said he's still injured, mate. But yeah, <laughs> definitive have, statements. But the, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, um, as you know, I'm playing a lot of football manager at the moment. Um, <laughs> and yes, um, um, Steve Cotter occasionally presses send assistant to um, the press box. And <laughs> it was interesting. Dave Longwell was. Yeah, he was unsure how much he could share. Let's put it that way. So we didn't share mm. too much. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get an update on the injuries when um, when the manager's back in the hot seat. Yeah, no, it, it's fair enough. The manager's going to be the one to give that information. I just checked Ollie while you were talking, and Wally uh, Walker wasn't on the bench. So yeah, I'm assuming he is injured. But there was one name back on the bench, wasn't there? Someone that's been out for a while. Yeah, Liam Clark was back, so that was good to see. Um, mm. Yeah, a very attacking bench. Um, and yeah, as we get closer to January, we've been we haven't done a big session, have we, on, on the January transfer window? No. We've cut it up, and we'll do a little bit about loan players today. Um, but yeah, I think it just shows to while everyone's going, oh god, our squad's amazing. Whoa, 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 we're, you know, we've got an amazing team and all this stuff. It's like, okay, hold on, guys. Like you know, we've got five strikers on the bench. We've got three central defenders. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, while the results are amazing and the players are doing really well, um, a lot of work needs to be done in January. Uh, I can see us kicking off that first game after the January transfer window with, with at least three or four or maybe, maybe maybe five names being different. That's just the way football is, isn't it? But we'll, we'll get to the January transfer window. So, yeah, logged on to iFollow, paid me tenner. Uh, didn't, you know, didn't know what to expect again. Was was positive, Ollie. But um, you're right, we didn't we didn't start this game fast, that's for sure. You did just mention that before. It was definitely one of our more sluggish starts, as you say. And um, they just got hold of the ball and we, we couldn't really lay a glove on them in that opening sort of five, ten minutes, could we? No, Doncaster started the game really, really well, really fast, yeah. completely pegged us back. And yeah, it didn't take too long, did it, for Doncaster to get in. Um, no. Good covering, um, a clever f- um, flick from um, from Miller, who was on the ball, um, stopped Faye having a shot on goal. Um, yep. And yeah, they, it didn't take too long, did it, for them to start peppering the peppering the, the goal and also just getting into dangerous areas. And they're a really good side. Yeah, we, we didn't really do well on the ball in that first half. You know, second half we were much, much better. And, and we'll talk about how positive that was, which is weird. It's the opposite of this season so far, I suppose, with sort of better first halves and worse second halves. But yeah, we were very sloppy with the ball. A lot of people were, were uh, sort of giving it away a little bit too much. And I think that I saw someone say that, that you know, Rick, um, I think it might have been Lewis saying that he was saying that Cottrell was shouting, stop f- trying to force it. And there was a definite look of that in the first half. You know, Edwards, Norburn and Vela were trying to force those final passes. I felt like the guys on the on the wide positions when they got forward were a little bit too wasteful um the crossing was poor so yeah almost like we were trying to force it a little bit too much and um uh, then we were giving them the ball back they were holding on to it for a long time weren't they um and that was then where they were building their platform to to get chances and i suppose that the main chance really to talk about first half for doncaster was the fey goal that was or wasn't and you've had another look at the the view this morning haven't you and what do you think it would you think that was offside or not I don't know. It's really hard to tell, isn't it? Obviously, we've mm, got the camera close. from in from the from the media area. In real time, I thought he was onside, 
Um, mm. That might have just been the movement of the players, um, Ebanks and Faye. Um, I thought maybe it was onside, but the linesman has the best position. Um, and I yep. guess we'll... Obviously, he, he made the decision. We'll take it. <laughs> and we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it all but, day. Yeah, it's one of, it was a close one, let's, let's say that. I think, it's imp- yeah. as, as Nathan said um, on, on Twitter, it's impossible to tell, and I think that's a fair summary. Mm. Mm. A neat little finish from Faye, the sort of yeah. thing we were getting used to seeing. But really, after that, he didn't really have too much of an influence on the game. He was quick, he, he was running, but he, every time he did, he was sort of running into our back three. And they were just a bloody brick wall in this game, weren't they, to be honest with you? And I felt like the other more attacking players that they had maybe did well. I can't remember the name of the one guy was now, but he was really good. Um, yeah, I think you're but, referring you know, to the guy on loan from um, from Brighton. Is it is it Richards or Taylor? I can't, I can't remember, remember his yeah. name he, he played really well. Yeah, he's um, but. Yeah, and and this is the thing about this result is that they were fantastic first half. I thought they were really quick, and and you have to say it was a good watch. Even though they were dominating the game, the pace of the game was very fast, Ollie. You know, it was end to end. It was kind of more of a basketball kind of game. I thought it was a for a, for a game we didn't have much possession in. It was still quite an interesting and kind of entertaining watch for football. It was it was definitely a high tempo game. Yeah, in terms of possession, Doncaster dominated with like sixty eight percent, and I thought Shrewsbury Town were particularly wasteful in possession. Um, yeah. Wally and Miller were particularly wasteful, yeah. and um, I got a bit of abuse from one fan um, for saying Odo keeps fouling, but he does give away yeah. a lot of fouls. When in the games like this, and we're, we're struggling, um, and it's not it's not me criticising his effort, um, but just giving fouls away just doesn't help because it just gives the the, the opposition mm. the ball back. But then if you sort of you notice the dope giving no, away, no, I agree. Fouls. I totally agree. It, it's unfortunate as a striker, and you will tend to find it is that it's really, really easy for a referee to give a free kick on the edge of the opposition's area when a ref, when a, when a striker makes a, a you know a brush past the defender and they go down. You know, it's it's a, it's one that he it's won't a have a problem that, giving. He's always very handy, yeah. isn't he? He is, but he, he's because he wants to harry a player and do the closing down that he's obviously been asked for and, and do a high press. He is getting close to players maybe more than he was previously. But yeah, he's got to be a little more cute, hasn't yeah, he? That's exactly. the issue. It's it's you can still do that, but you know, you don't give the referee a reason to give the free kick and it to be honest with you, some of the ones he, that he got given against him were so weak, weren't they? He like brushed past a man, and you've just got to, just got to, got to hold a better body shape, really, so it looks like you haven't you haven't done anything. He he just looks so eager all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and, but then yeah, on, when it's on it the other foot, if Williams does that, we're saying he's he's yeah. doing really clever. So oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, part of yeah. the game, isn't it? It is, it is. But yeah, I'd agree with Wally and Miller. Um, I thought they were possibly, uh, along with Edwards in that first half, three of the sort of more wasteful players. Um, yeah. I did mention Norburn and Vela, but overall their energy and, and their drive was, was probably better than those three in the game. Wally, I would have took Wally off at half-time. Interesting, he obviously set the goal up in the end. I really didn't think he had a very good game at all, Wally, no. in the first half. Um, kept running into, you know, sim- similar to Faye in some respect, kept running into their defence and his his possession and holding of the ball was way worse than Doe's for all the free kicks he gave away. So I wasn't overly pleased with that. And I, and I didn't think Edwards at 10 worked and obviously he went off at half-time. Um, he's done that role before for us, but just... I just didn't feel like he had the energy, and maybe that's a little bit mean, Ollie. Um, obviously, he's been out again recently, not been playing every week, and his passing was off as well. Um, and it was a shame because it was a good chance for him to maybe stake a claim with with Goss, but um, that didn't work for me, Ollie. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I, I didn't think we were going to have this discussion, but yeah, maybe let's have it now. Mm. Yeah, in terms of his agility and his balance and his pace and his physical attributes, are just not what he used to be. If I think if we had a young Dave Edwards in that number ten role, he'd probably be one oh, of the God, best yeah. players in the league. Um, yeah. But yeah, to play that number ten role, you've got to be so quick and nimble and able to turn. 
Um, and I think, yeah, what is he now, 33, 34? Mm. Um, yeah, I think we probably need to think of him as a different role. Um, and yeah, maybe he can't do that number two. Maybe he can prove us wrong. You know, we, you know, we, we'll always lament. I always call it the James Collins effect. Never write anyone off because you never know yeah. what's going to happen in the future. And you can only, but you can only comment on what you see now. And it's not <laughs> quite working. Got a hat-trick working. the other week, didn't he, Collins? In yeah. The championship. He's still packing it. He's amazing. <laughs> it's just, I think, I think it's a, it's a good humbling lesson, isn't it? That, yeah. you know, and I'm always very, very uh, precise when we say things, you know, particularly when we had that discussion about Miller a few weeks ago. You know, you can only comment on what you see now. Um, and we, I don't think either of us would ever write a player off because, you know, again, that James Collins effect. Well, and yeah, and Ivan Tony, he's my one, isn't he? I hated him and always thought he was terrible. And last night he's playing in a team that goes on to beat Newcastle, yeah. the team he started his and career. Premier League so, yeah, teams he, should have signed him. They messed, they messed up. Yeah, there. yeah. There's, there's all sorts of players that can come back, uh, even though they've been rubbish. Andre, Blair, normally strikers. Yeah, Tom Bradshaw. Yeah. There's so many. Um, you just never mm. write a player off. I think. No, no. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Edwards. While, while we're on it. I, I agree with you. It's, he's not going to start every week, and he certainly isn't going to play three games every week because he just breaks down and he comes off with niggles every time. I think you know he is a really good figurehead for the football club. I think it's fantastic that he's here and he probably brings a lot to the dressing room from from everything you you know about him and his career and his experience. I think he's a useful guy for for the likes of you know Norburn and Vela and Walker to be around. So I, I think that he offers us something, but it's not a number ten. I, in the last year or so, when I've been watching him, he's always played better in that deeper role, hasn't he? And he isn't going to get a shout at the moment with Vela and. and Norburn playing like they are so you're just going to be that backup option really I suppose um, and, it, and it's a shame because everyone likes Dave but um, it, it just isn't quite working for him at the moment he doesn't he doesn't look like he's going to go and secure a first team place for the next few weeks anytime soon does he so um, yeah we'll see with that I, I don't know what, what else first half stood out to you Ollie? yeah so, they were, so Miller got forward put a cross into the box which deflected and was cleared for corner and then the corner came out and then and Vela shot wide which wasn't a bad effort um, no. Yeah, Rovers then showed their threat on the counter, um, which is the which is the challenge we have at the moment is to get that balance right. Um, yeah. And yeah, really good position from Williams. He he didn't give him um, a sniff of goal, and Faye tried to curl it around him, and it went wide. Um, and then yeah, at the end of the first half, John Taylor fired wide. Um, so yeah, lots of efforts mm. for those guys. I think they had something like seven, seven. I don't know, maybe double figures in terms of shots in the first half. Um, but yeah, they, they certainly had a lot of possession, and, and we we did well to get to the half nil nil. Yeah, I mean, in terms of overall shots, they smashed us in the game. They had 19 shots to our five. Yeah. Um, but again, we restricted them to only three shots on target at, at the end of the game. So, you know, if you add up the one that Lincoln had and the, and the zero that Hull had, we've basically conceded four shots on target against three teams that could have gone top, which is remarkable, isn't it, really? Yeah. That, that is such a, a good thing. However, our out, our our output wasn't great. We only had one shot on target, but it was one that was scored from. So that's pretty pretty efficient, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, I think that one, just on that Faye shot, yeah, it was really good from Williams. He obviously knew Faye and his game pretty well, didn't he? He just steered him onto the, the kind of position he wanted and, and must have got his angles right with the keeper because, you know, to let him go the other side and shoot it would probably have been dangerous. I was pretty disappointed with John Taylor. Um, I know a lot of town fans, you know, really rated John Taylor when he was here. Right? He was just a, a, a good player for me. I never thought he was an outstanding player. Um, we've disagreed on this before, I think, Ollie. But, um, you know, he's still plying his trade at League One level, but didn't really have the influence on the game I thought he might have done for a team um, flying high up the league really but you know it's hard to judge a player on just one game isn't it yeah I, I listened to um, 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 Darren Moore's um, post-match and he said their performance was really good and I thought it was yeah, really good and as you know and um, we know this incredibly well this season and um, the results drives the narrative doesn't it um, if you know, if and you know, if you've one of those chances that he'd taken to come off, and he was close a few times, then he, maybe he would have been a man of the match performance. So yeah, again, you coin in a Mickey Mellon phrase, it's fine margins, isn't it, for attacking players? Yeah, and 
I think that sort of brought us up to half time, really. I mean, there were moments towards that last five minutes where we thought we just felt a little bit like we were going to hold on and get to half time nil nil. That would have been fine, which we did. You know, it was okay. I mean, to be honest with you, having just won those last two games a draw would have been fantastic anyway. So um, that was fine. But the whole performance, really, in that first half was focused on how well the three centre backs played Ollie. And we'll talk about that in the second half as well. But they were outstanding, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They had a really, really good half. Not so much for the keeper to do. Most shots went wide. Um, yep. But yeah, it was different. Um, but then the second half, it was remarkable turnaround, um, and it just shows you what can happen, what what you can do when you have a real, genuine football manager in charge of your football club. Because you know, it wasn't just you know we obviously scored the goal eight minutes into the second half, but yep. leading up to then, the game was completely different. Yep, they came out with. They came out with two different things, didn't they? A different tactic and a different attitude, I felt like. We decided, it was almost like, you know, we've rope doped them a little bit. We let them kind of come at us, throw everything they had at its first half, and then we came out flying in the second half and, and, and knocked them back. They didn't really know what to do about it for the first five minutes, I didn't think. We, we kind of were just running at them. I mean, there was a minute, it was a, I think it was like a minute into the, um, into the second half where a ball got knocked down the line and from nowhere you know he's really quick to be fair to him despite some of the issues we picked up before but Miller just legged it from halfway and he chased all the way down to the keeper and suddenly it just made Doncaster think alright well he, he wasn't doing that first half where's he come from what position is he playing and it, it did throw them didn't it because we did tactically change it a little bit didn't we yeah we did so um, Cottrell said that 38 minutes he made the decision to go to 4-3-3 so yep. I had absolutely no idea what was going on <laughs> the first 10 you minutes we had no idea because just people were popping up everywhere, uh, yeah. and then yeah, everyone because Wally was had this kind of like free ranging kind of pressing role, kind of right winger, but playing inside as a midfield three. It was very odd, um, but yeah, absolute tactical masterclass from the manager, um, you know, to spot something, to see something. And you've said talked about how we struggled to keep the ball, and as soon as we we changed it around, yeah, it, it just yeah. completely changed the game. The game seemed to open up, um, and we basically he was saying that in the when we were playing the three five two, we couldn't keep the ball and we couldn't find an angle he changed the position players ran on the pitch and it just changed and I think it's fair to say that um, um, Tracy had quite a big impact um, on, on the game and his for his his the foul on him won us the free kick but yeah just what did you think of Tracy in the first 10 minutes going He's amazing, isn't he? He's he's it apparently went off because he got tired later on, and we'll get to that. But he, I'm not surprised because he ran his bollocks off when he came on, and he's such a powerhouse, and he's not afraid to take someone on and go past them. And he he did it several times, to be fair. And he, he yeah, he got fouled, and we we won some free kicks, and you know drove on and stuff. I re- I really like the look of him. It's a shame he doesn't appear to be fully fit to play ninety minutes week out week in week out and and stake a claim because he would definitely be an asset. I mean, he's an asset for for the for thirty minutes he played in this game, but. God, if if we could keep him and get and, and we can somehow get him going for ninety minutes, he would definitely be an asset, Ollie. And I thought he was really good when he came on. Yeah, he was really good, wasn't he? He was he just yeah, yeah offered something it. different. Um, and it was interesting actually. It wasn't just Tracy that ran with the ball. Norburn did it, and Vela did it, and it was a clear instruction from the manager to drive them back, and it, it really worked. Um, they're not they weren't so good at um, defending when when we were getting the ball to feet and they were in position. You know, they were very good at defending against that. When we were running with the ball, it was a different story. Um, and yeah, it was. Tracy won the free kick on the right-hand side. Um, I actually incorrectly put on Twitter that Daniels did it because I just assumed that he was taking all the free kicks. He was over it, yeah, but he didn't but take actually, it. But actually, Wally took it. And um, I don't yeah. know if you've seen it yet, but um, you know Matt from the media team does his um, alternative view. Have yeah, you seen that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. man, it's the perfect... He, he always seems to be in the right place, doesn't he, the right time. And um, yeah, absolutely beautiful <laughs> curl of a ball in. So it kind of like curls around all the players, comes to Pierre's yep. head, and he just doesn't really need to do much, just puts his head there and it goes in the back of the net. As you say, our only shot on target, 
Um, but a fantastic um, goal, fantastic delivery from um, Worley and a super header from Pierre. Yeah, he didn't need to jump. It was such a well-judged, just wasn't it? In, he almost just sort of cushioned his head in, yeah. And it was obviously with a bit of pace on it. But, um, oh yeah, a really good free kick. And it's funny, Wally was taking corners as well, which I thought was interesting. That I was more inclined to think that was because Daniels was, was maybe tiring after quite an intense period. And, you know, Wally maybe had a little bit more legs to get him to take the corners. It was a bit of an odd one, though. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a tactical change and they weren't sure about sending Daniels up for them. But, um, overall, Wally definitely got freed up a little bit by the 4-3-3 as well, I thought, and got back in the game. He still wasn't brilliant, but but um, it definitely brought a little bit more out of him, so that helped. But yeah, brilliant free kick, brilliant header. Aaron Pierre is going to be top goal scorer this season, Ollie. It's going to be really great when we give it to a defender for scoring, what, uh, 10 goals to be top goal scorer is that, this season? Is that That's the target you set in him? You set Pierre the challenge. <laughs> if anyone scores 10 league goals this season, we'll be doing well at the moment. Um, but yeah, there's him and Wally on four at the moment, isn't there? So um, just brilliant. Another great moment. And and to be honest with you, having what I've watched in the last two games, I, I figured... We're one nil up again. They've shown they can see this out in the last two games in, in relative, you know, ease. I thought Doncaster were probably still the most impressive of Hull and Lincoln, um, the way they played that first half. So maybe I was a bit more worried. But you did start to think, all right, this is this is game on here. We could definitely hold on to this and win a third game in a row. You know, you got you are starting to have that faith again. Yeah, it's really. I was going to ask you this question uh, when we got to the end. Yeah. Like, how different do you feel as a fan in extra time? Yeah, just more confident, aren't yeah. you? You know, we're starting to show that they, they can do it. I'd be bricking it, just, it, to be honest. If this, the nerves if that have been, gone, yeah, if, if the 90 minutes had ticked over and, the, and Sam Rickups was the manager and we were winning 1-0, I'd have been bricking it. And if we were doing a live pod, I'd have been going, we're going to concede, we're going to concede. Um, <laughs> and we probably would have done. But it's just a completely different attitude. Um, yeah. Um, the well, we haven't quite got to the extra time. There was one moment where a heart in my mouth where a ball came to the edge of the box and uh, Leon Clark went to do like a, a hook over his shoulder and clear it, and he got it so wrong that he volleyed it right back onto the six-yard box. And luckily, Sarkic came out and cleared it. That was about the only heart in your mouth moment, really, as the game went on. But um, they, they did try to try to get back into it. But no, there's just I, I say the nerves have gone with the fans, but I, I more mean with the players. Now they know they've done it against two of the best teams in the league. It just has made such a psychological difference for them to head everything, kick everything away. You know, they don't look like they're going to shank it into the back of the net like Ebanks was a few months ago, and Pierre was making making mistakes wasn't he with his passing and getting caught on the ball they just look totally different players and so when you've got those three centre-backs at the back and you've got two two uh, wing-backs covering them we do look a solid unit and they're really hard to break down again just like they were under the best elements of Ricketts over the last couple of seasons where there were periods where they were really good and that provided the foundation for some of Ricketts' best results they've definitely gone back to that yeah I hadn't thought about this just until now um, but you know we were defensively solid in a different formation in the second half yeah which just shows you how more confident the players are. You know, we keep talking about that shoulder thing, you know, in terms of opening their shoulders and, you know, the way they're defending. But yeah, we've defended in a back four um, in the second half um, in a completely different formation, but still the players are organised and smart mm. and aware and making brilliant clearances. Ebanks was just a monster, wasn't he? He just, brilliant. like, the number of tackles and headers and blocks and clearances he made was just, he was an absolute man mountain at the back. Um, and he yep. was just absolutely superb. I thought he had probably his, his game of the season. It's funny, isn't it? Last last season, when we had our good defensive performances, it always seemed to be that Pierre was the one that stood out. Yeah. Um, but to me, I would say Ebanks has probably stepped it up a little bit more than Pierre so far. They're both playing really well, and so is Williams, who sometimes he seems to always be the forgotten one of those three <laughs> centre backs, doesn't he? Which is unfair because he is good. Um, but definitely for me, in terms of this this recent one, the, the five games, it's Ebanks that stood out, yeah. um, head and shoulders above the others. He's, he seems to be. But a they're real such a good pair, that. aren't they? A pair, yes. sorry, a th- trio, because <laughs> they all bring something different. Um, Ebanks is. Brilliant. 
brilliant heading. Um, Pierre's um, pacey as well, and he's got a good left foot. And, and Williams him. is really yeah. good at covering. Quite a few times he did some covering runs and uses his pace. Um, and that was all really good. Again, um, you know, counter-attacking for me was, was a real threat. And Tracy dribbling, yeah. he, he had a really good opportunity and went for a corner. Um, yeah, Miller ran forward and kind of ran into the ran into some into a crowd again, um, which is something that he does. Um, and Rovers counterattacked, um, but a really good save from Sarchitz. And then there's a couple of more worrying moments. Rovers fired wide again, um, we, but we were forced to shoot from distance. Um, and then we had a, an absolute opportunity that actually got me off the sofa. So Tracy yeah. breaks the lines. And he does a really deft, really nice little pass um, to Clark, who was on his left. And he chips wide. And yeah, I think if maybe if he, it wasn't his comeback game after injury, yeah. maybe he would have finished that and made it 2-0. He did well to actually get it wide, as he did in the end, because his first touch was awful and just took him sort of left of the goal a little bit too much, wasn't it? But he then used that experience to at least still, you know, make the keeper or at least chip the keeper and, and get a shot on. But yeah, I think it was first touch him better or it was a bit more... I think he wouldn't have had a first touch, Ollie. I think it was one of those ones where if he was playing every week and he was in his thing, he would have just lashed it in first time and it would have been fine. But yeah, unfortunate. Really good break. Again, more more great work from Tracy. Um, and, and we did mention it. It wasn't soon after that that he got subbed off again, wasn't it? And, and Goldborn came on, which felt really harsh. But as I say, I thought it was um, it was either an injury change or a tactical change, um, but it wasn't. It, it, it was stated afterwards that he came off because he just couldn't do 45 minutes, which is mad, really, isn't it? But as, as I said, it, it, was, it felt harsh. But yeah. I believe that when he came off, Cottrell put an arm around him and had a really good talk with him about what was going on, and hopefully it hasn't upset him too yeah, much. Yeah, I it's, think... It's rare to see it. He said if, you know, if he'd have come on on the 60 or 70 minutes, he would have had less time, which I think is quite key. Yes, he probably did yeah, it for legs, point. but I think also for Goldborn, for his, bit, you know, his mature, experienced player... And was a, was obviously going to be calm in the last few minutes as well, so I think maybe that's why. But I have to say, Tracy did this one brilliant tackle in the penalty area he did. Um, to yeah. clear the ball. So yeah, he was good at both ends of the pitch. Um, yeah, and I guess worth just probably just closing the game out. So yeah, um, there was a header in the box, an absolutely brilliant save from Sarsic. I'm sure that amazing draw um, breaths from all all Town fans. Um, and then yeah, there was a cross in the box. Ebanks clears again and full time. So yeah, I think we played an extra thirty seconds, so four and a half minutes extra time. And there it was, Glenn. One nil and Drew's Town have three points again. Another big cheer of come on in my front room, which is becoming quite a common occurrence under under Cottrell. You know, it's nice to get excited about games again. But yeah, I think it was they, they sort of smashed one out, didn't they? And it was that was it. I was like Brilliant game done, and and just yeah, just a fantastic, a fantastic run. But also been through some tough times over the last couple of seasons, haven't we? And I don't know. It's just quite nice to have had these three wins in the run up to Christmas, and everyone can kind of just enjoy the Christmas period, not worrying about relegation, and actually, you know, it's kind of daring to dream a little bit, Ollie, about what could be in twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's, it's it gives us a great platform, um, and yeah, it's just remarkable that we're we're, we're out of the relegation zone now. So yeah, um, who's your top three? Yeah, my top three. Um, funny, isn't it? A few weeks ago, I was very, very harsh on Ollie Norburn, um, and he's completely stepped it up. He's done what I've been wanting these last few weeks. So, yeah, he was absolutely outstanding this game. His, his dribbling, his passing, his energy. There was one tackle he made where they were trying to come out from their own box, and I put this on Twitter if anyone follows the number account, and he just slides in, almost two-footed, but it's not actually. He's got one sort of trailing leg from you know a good sort of three, four yards away. Completely takes the ball. The man, the man, kind of goes as well, but takes the ball and then almost, you know, starts an attack right on the edge of their box. And 
that to me summed up his overall performance. He was he was all action and he did lead the team, you know, something we've been wanting him to do for a while. And it's this level of performance now he needs to keep up, you know. We used to see this one in every ten games. Under Cottrell, we're seeing it most weeks and, and I hope that continues. Second about Freebanks, uh, as you mentioned, he was just a colossus. We meant we mentioned it on the last few podcasts, but he seems unbeatable at times at the moment and yeah, heading ability, fantastic, leader at the back. And weirdly, I could have gone for so many players, but I actually just wanted to give Tracy some credit and maybe a, maybe a couple of points in the Player of the Season award this season because it was his role and in his influence he brought second half that really got us going and just kind of changed it along with the tactics. So, you know, you could have talked about a lot of players, but I just wanted to give Tracy a bit of a, a bit of a points. I think it might be the first ones we've given him this season. So, um, yeah, Tracy third for me, but it could have been loads of them. Yeah, really, really good. Um, and yeah, for me, um, I went Folly Norburn again. It was the obvious choice. I then went for Ebank second and Pierre third. Um, I think really just for the header. But I think special mentions for me for Vela, Tracy, Williams and Sarsic all, all had, you know, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 performances. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're all three or four of those were great as well. Um, and and no, well, no one was awful no, in the game. Not I think all. first half... First half, yeah, Edwards, Wally and Miller probably were, were not the best, but um, you know, Miller and, and, and Wally were better second half as well. So, yeah, it was overall very good, Ollie. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't listened to this because, as I say, we're recording this at now. It's at 10 o'clock in the morning the next day now, so I haven't got around to listening to his interview because um, uh, I had stuff to do last night. So, yeah, go on. Inform me what he went on to say. Yep, so he said, yeah, it was a tough game. Um, it was our third away game, um, and now we've got Wigan away next and four away games is tough. Um, and he joked mm. about how he feels like we're going to be playing away for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he said, you know, he thought actually the gap of not playing on Sunderland actually made it harder for us, um, as we yeah, alluded right. to. You know, you know, we we did we did start a bit slowly, um, and Williams said that as well. Um, yeah, he said as we mentioned already, he said we changed to four three three at half time, and he decided that on thirty eight minutes. Um, wow. And then yeah, Tracy came on and won us the game. He said. Um, yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? And he said, yeah, at the end he felt his legs was going. It's a squad game. Uh, and then the goal, a good delivery and a good header. And he said, no no credit for me. That's the players doing that. Um, <laughs> and then he, he was asked about Clark coming on. And he said, yeah, he gives us a presence up front and he'll score. And we didn't really talk about Clark. We'll just do it now. No. He looks different, doesn't he? He just feels different. He, he just has a different presence. He did a really nice ball over the top to Tracy. Um, he just looks like a level above. No disrespect to the other guys, but he does look like a, a good striker, and it's good to have him back. Yeah, again, I, I would agree with that. I think that having him back again gave the Doncaster defenders more to worry about. Yeah. You know, he's a seasoned striker. He's not a, a winger playing up front in Wally and, and a lad that doesn't very score very often, apart from in the non-league in Udo. So I think again that played a part in how we played better in the second half. They they just gave him an extra yard, or they were a little bit more cautious about him coming forward. And you know, he did quite well. There were a lot of headers that we we were pumping the ball for, forward a couple of times, and you know, he'd at least make. He was kind of pressuring the defenders into heading it out for a throw in and getting us up the pitch and that sort of thing happened quite a lot as well which I thought he did well on so yeah hoping he gets fit and, and can kind of come in because he's certainly going to give a doe uh, you know a run for that starting place um, or, or particularly Wally let's be honest about it so I can see him coming in when he's fit pretty pretty rapidly to be honest. Yeah definitely um, and then yeah he said you know in terms of um, you know we've talked a lot and the managers talked a lot about not having too much time on the grass and he said yeah we mm. showed them the video work of how they work and they slide the ball between the fullbacks and centre defenders you have to defend yeah. the front post in the middle of the box. Um, and they score a lot of goals with cutbacks. So again, a little insight to what he's been doing with the lads. Um, and then, yeah, he was asked about the league position, and which he, he knew, he already knew the league position from how he spoke, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, mm. So yeah, gives us something to build on, but it's only 20 points, we need another 30. Um, and he said, you know, I'd like us to get better with the ball. But then is it really, this is a really interesting comment. He said, I'm probably expecting too much, given what they've gone through mentally, but we will get better with time. 
Mm, interesting. Yeah, I, I noticed in the in the I did read the Shop Star report about how, you know, he was not happy with sixteenth, which is quite exciting, isn't it, Ollie? <laughs> that he has already set his expectations much higher now by the looks of it. So yeah, I think that you know it, it, this this platform is something fantastic to build on. And um, yeah, I I, I, I felt bad. I felt like I should listen to Steve Cottrell's post match last night because they're always really good. But um, yeah, I missed this one, so uh, I, I shall definitely be back on it for the Wigan game, Ollie. Don't you worry about that. So there we go. That was another great win, another great you know performance in terms of the defensive shift as well and uh, yeah we're on our way Ollie lift off now it's beyond new manager bounce Ollie what do we call this now I have no idea just delirium <laughs> or yeah just absolutely yeah it's absolutely amazing and just yeah it's just so refreshing and just fun it's um yeah it's brought brought the fun back to watching the football cool right well we'll wrap that game up there and we're just gonna have a little bit of look inside news at uh, the league table um, some some predictions we and uh, yeah well, what's going on with the loan players really and, and how we, we should deal with those in January and, and so yeah we'll, we'll look at that now and now Shrewsbury are chasing the winning goal. Stoke City are collapsing here. And it's Doherty. Low for Lawrence! Extraordinary! Josh Lawrence makes it 3 2 to Shrewsbury. So, sad news, Ollie. We were going to look at loan players because I, th- I believe, you know, as much as most of the players we've got in on loan are um, season-long loans, there is this gap at January where these loans can be terminated or players can be sent back or can be recalled, can't they? I think I think I think that's the new deal with these loan deals. And obviously, there's only Miller um, in terms of loan deals that's actually expiring um, in January because um, of, of the, the Australian season. And if he's got to go back, he'd have to go back now, wouldn't he? So. Um, and we talked about Miller and what we do with him a couple of weeks ago but obviously we've still got quite a lot of loan players and some of them are not featuring all that much so I don't know where are you at with, with some of the players we've got on loan and, and you know are there any that you think you wouldn't mind seeing them go back yeah so just quickly just to recap we've got seven loan players um, I say you know we've got one extra because of a goalkeeper crisis we had earlier in the season but seven is too many um, so yeah so we've got we've got Fossey we've got Sarsic we've got Iliev we've got Tracy we've got Miller we've got High and Zambiak yeah fans might have forgotten about High and Zambiak because we haven't seen much of them recently <laughs> um, so yeah let's go through them one by one Glenn so yeah Fossey um, we're not sure when he's going to be back from injury but um, yeah mm. what would you do keep him or do you think you keep him for the season and see how so he can play in this right back role yeah, Fossey showed enough to, to keep him, didn't he? Um, it depends on, you know, obviously what happens with Miller and all the other right-backs that we've got. But, you know, if you're going to keep him in, in the in the squad and he, he's training with us and he's a backup option if, if you know, another first-choice uh, right-back is out or right-wing-back, I certainly would like to see him get a couple of games and see how he develops. But, um, yeah, I don't think I'd be sending him back. You know, he might get recalled because he's injured or not playing, but I, I don't think I'd send him back. He's one I'd definitely keep. Yeah, agree with that. Agree with that. I think Sarsic is a no-brainer. Um, you'd yep. clearly keep definitely. him. He's definitely, for me, the best of the three goalkeepers so yeah we keep him Iliev I wouldn't be surprised if this loan gets terminated do you? No me no no me there's uh, you know, Harry's done well enough to be a backup goalkeeper, yeah. hasn't he? And we don't need three keepers on the books if we've Not got three the young first team well. goalkeepers yeah. anyway. No, exactly. So I'd send him back and you know free up one of those loan spaces maybe for for another for another one for for um, Cottrell to bring in. So yeah, I, I don't think I'd be wanting to keep him. He he saved us, didn't he, in that early part of the season where we had no goalkeepers um, and they were injured and stuff. So that helped. Um, but uh, yeah, he could he can go back and try and get some football somewhere else. That would probably help his career. Yeah, and next one we've got is Tracy. Um, so I'm not really, we're not really sure what Tracy is. Is he a winger? Is he a striker? <laughs> is he inside forward? Um, we're not really sure. Um, and I guess mm. obviously, well, some Ricketts kept changing his formation, but obviously he was signed with a, an idea, with a formation in mind. Um, I'm not sure how he fits in. Is he a striker? Is he more of a winger? Um, I'm 
I'm not sure about Tracy, to be honest. I don't think I've seen enough from him to say, yes, I definitely want him. You know, let's say, mm. just for argument's sake, you've got a choice. Do we keep Tracy or get like a Ty, um, you know, Tyrese Campbell type loan? Mm. You know, um, mm. an Ivan Tony, as you mentioned, you know, someone of a, a higher caliber, then I'll definitely go with the, you know, the, the Tyrese Campbell option. Um, but yeah, what's your view on Tracy? He's been great, you know, in the game we've just talked about, and you know, scored a hat trick in a, in a in a trophy game, which shows he's clearly got an eye for goal, and you know, he definitely has something there, and he seems to be, you know, have a bit of pace and power. But I, I kind of agree with you, you know, we're on the twenty third of December, and if he's not fit enough to play forty five minutes now, when's he going to be fit enough to do ninety? And and is that really what we we need? I, I if he stayed, I wouldn't be upset about it. You know, clearly there's a raw prospect there that someone could hone and 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 do something with, but he isn't one of our players, so we're not honing him for our any point down the line so if he went back I wouldn't be too surprised um, I think he might keep him um, because let's be honest he gave him a chance last night and he and he came on and did a job for the new manager I mean that's more than some of these other loan players we're going to talk about you know there's no reason why he couldn't have brought on a high or a Zambarak in that position um, but he brought on Tracy so I've got a feeling that Cottrell might quite like him and will want to keep him to be honest with you but I, I, you know, either way, I wouldn't be too fussed. I don't think due to the fitness concerns. Yep. Um, so yeah, Miller was next on the list, but I think we've discussed him enough. Um, we'll let that yep. one play out. Um, and then the other two, the next two, uh, High and Zambriak. So High started the season Weird. really well. Scored that amazing yeah. goal away at uh, Middlesbrough. Um, you know, was asked by some Huddersfield um, blogger what I thought about him, and I thought he was doing really well. And um, he's, he's was he even on the bench? I think he was on the bench, wasn't he? Um, yesterday. Um, if you want to chat that, Glenn. And then Zambek as well hasn't really hit the road running. He's yeah, both of those players, Glenn. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them were called or if or mm. if the manager sent them back. Um, we I just not we don't think we have enough data and kind of idea of what's going to happen there. Yeah, neither of them are on the bench. Are okay, they? and they haven't been on the bench. That's surprising considering you know who was on the bench. You know what I mean. I, we had a yeah. lot of strikers and forwards on the bench. Although I better double check that because I'm reading this now, and apparently number 22 was Joshua Tracy. So uh, <laughs> uh, Google might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure they went on the bench, Ollie. To be fair, um, so yeah, it, they're both. I, I kind of can package them both up together, really, and talk about them, you know, at the same time because they kind of are in the same boat, aren't they? But um, would I be that upset if we lost either of them? High did okay for us. I, you can't say he didn't. Um, he was one of the more impressive players in that bad run particularly but he was playing in that bad run and now he's faded out of it Sam Brecco was never impressed with Ollie. you know everyone told us he's brill and he's got all this skill and, and talent but we've never seen it I don't think personally so Sam Brecco I'll happily dispense with high if the manager thought he had something to offer I would keep him but again the fact he's not playing and he isn't being brought into the, to the team under um I think they both played in that, that cup game where he gave the fringe players a plan yeah. chance, didn't they? And they were both. But Zambia played out of position, though, in his defence. Okay. Um, played Fair enough, I didn't watch that game. For me, yeah. I'm surprised why he hasn't. You know, he wasn't on the bench for as a backup to the number ten role. Um, but again, it's in Cottrell we trust, um, and yeah. he obviously he'll, just... he'll, he'll make that decision. No, neither of them. I'm not, I've not fallen in love with either of them, so I wouldn't be bothered if they went back. Um, but High is the one. If he stayed, I wouldn't be too upset about it. And um, say Zambrek, I'd, I'd happily move him on. But um, that you know, if we if we go through what we've just said, you know, that frees up, frees up maybe four four loan places, and on off chance that we don't, you know, we sign Miller or he goes to another club, you know, that's another loan player gone as well. We should be down to just I think you know only 
two, two or, or three, three loan players. Yeah. yeah, which would be great because that'll give him at least room to maybe bring in two or three more. So maybe that's that's the you know the area that he'll be working in. And I do think that if he brings in loan players, they'll be of a quality. There'll be players he's worked with, and you know potentially having played at a higher level. I suspect that's the sort of thing we might find um, as the season goes I don't on. Know. So uh, well, we'll, well, well, you know, I hope we're not going to. It's not you don't you don't mean we're going to have the, the contact club. You mean. He's going to play no players of a higher level, do you mean, rather than just Sam Ricketts' yeah, yeah, contract, yeah. Black Book? No, I don't mean we're going to find Bristol City or Birmingham City yeah. players. Although I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them do turn up, because you do tend to find that in football. It's happened with every manager yeah. we've had. Oh, I mean that he, he knows the yeah, levels. Exactly. He, he'll know there's a championship player who's 28 who isn't getting a look in at you know, uh, Millwall and fancies coming out and getting some football. You know, He'll know there are players knocking about like that um, just because his contact book will be massive, Ollie. He'll have managed hundreds of hundreds of players more than Ricketts. He'll have come across hundreds and hundreds of players more than Ricketts has ever had done in his career. Um, he'll know more managers. He just... We'll just have a bigger set of contacts yeah. and but I'm people sure to dip into. So the yeah, got, I think the quality will be better. Yeah, but I yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not, I know you're not saying this, but just to clarify, obviously we've got head of recruitment now, um, and he had yeah, play yeah, a massive role well. in doing that. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to January transfer window. It'd be really fascinating to see what and um, what happens and who we bring in. And yeah, just to kind of close the loan bit out, you know, if you were the loan manager at Arsenal, the loan manager at Man City. You're not going to give Shrewsbury any loan players when we've already got seven. Um, so yeah, you're right no, to say that we need, need to we're going it. to need some changes. I think there to to get some more players in. And that would be great. As I, as I say, you look at all those players we've got now, they're all young lads apart from Miller. You know, that's that's the thing, isn't it? I think that was where Ricketts worked. I suspect we'll see some more, uh, you know, players that want to come out and get football of a, of a higher age, really, that can be convinced by a, an experienced manager. So that, that's why I was kind of making that point. And I think, I think hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, but, but you're right about yeah, him. He that, will have the... more contacts. Um, but yes. yeah, I, I don't think he'll be a contact manager book that we saw. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a mixture of everything and just, yeah, a bit more modern. Yeah, and hopefully within a year or so we'll have a lot of kind of sellable assets because <laughs> we haven't got too many at the moment. But there we go. League table, Ollie. What what did everything this week do do for us? Yeah, we went up to 16th. We're a mid-table club. <laughs> yes, finally again. It's amazing. We, we used to complain about that. Yeah, it's amazing. So there's a bit of a gap, um, dating kind of to Gillingham. So above us we've got AFC and Wimbledon on 21, Plymouth on 22, who are free-falling, Gillingham on 26, Blackpool, and then Sunderland on 28. Um, and then in terms of the relegation zone, um, you know, we're not miles away from it. You know, we're not out of this no. yet. Um, but um, yeah, there's a, it's really close below us. So you've got Oxford, MK Dons, um, Bristol's Rovers and Rochdale all on 19 points. Then Northampton on 18. And then, yeah, Swindon, Wigan and Burton who, yeah, considering the issues that Wigan have. Yeah, the fact that Burton are below them um, doesn't is, is not boding well for their fans. Burton are a shocker, are in a terrible season, aren't they, really, at the moment, now looking at it, um, considering they've, they've been one of the more recent championship teams, haven't they? But it's, it's interesting for me, and positive, Ollie, that we've still got a game in hand on Northampton, uh, Swindon and Burton, who are all in the bottom four. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, we've even got a little bit of real room of an extra game now. And I know there are teams around us that have got way more games in hand because of COVID issues. Bristol Rovers have only played 16. Yeah, we've got one in hand, us, isn't it? And, yeah, and so they've got three games in hand on the bottom bottom teams. Um, and Oxford have, have missed a couple of games, haven't they? They had a game off against Crew, I think it was. So they've only played seventeen. So we've played like maybe the average amount of games now for the division, which is eighteen. Um, even some of the teams at the top have only played sixteen and seventeen. So yeah, I think it puts us in a much better position. You know, off, on the off chance that Christmas completely ruins this country and almost everybody catches COVID, um, if it was a points per game thing, which it won't happen because we haven't played enough games, we'd be fine anyway. So you can put that to the back of your mind, Ollie. But you know. Just for the, for where we are now in terms of 
um, and anything happening with football and delays and stuff. It's just more comfortable to sit in 16th than it was sitting 22nd, isn't it? So um, I'm, I'm much more happy to be going into to this period sitting where we are. And as you say, you look down the table, yeah, we're not out of it, but we're only three points, as you said, from 14th and we're only six points from, from 13th and, and even above there, there's only a couple of points gap. And some of the teams above us, are, are, say, are doing very poorly at the moment. You know, you said P- P- Plymouth have only won one in five. Um, you know, a few teams up there at Sunderland have only won one in five as well, Ollie, which is interesting. We're, we're only eight points behind them. So, you know, if you want to set some targets higher, there's certainly you know scope to think we could look at you know the fringes of the top ten with a with a win or two more in the next few weeks. Um, and why not? Let's let's be positive for once, Ollie. You know there is a chance to continue to go up rather than down. Yeah, again. I'm going to put my football manager hat on, and I think you just go into oh, yeah. every game just trying to win and to see where the season yes. goes. Yeah. You know, if we're not in a relegation fight, which hopefully we'll be out of now, I don't think we're out of it yet. But you know, we're getting there that way. No. Um, yeah, just go into every game thinking we could win this. And enjoy it, and it's just nice just to be able to do that. I think. Yep. Yeah. And Wigan, Wigan must be you know a, a beatable game um, because they're they're down the bottom like where we their were. Results so they're a great yeah. So their last yeah, four results, um, they drew with Fleetwood, they lost to Rochdale five nil, but they beat At Stanley four three, and they and beat Sunderland one nil. So a very odd set of results um, yeah. going into, into this Boxing Day game for for Wigan, and we don't know what what kind of Wigan side is going to turn up. Mm. Yeah, Stanley and Sunderland are not in the best form, so it's maybe understandable they're the two teams they beat. But yeah, it's a very odd thing to describe. Losing five 0 at home to Rochdale, who are you know down there with them, is pretty bad, isn't it? To be honest with you, I mean, I could, I could see us going there and winning. There's no reason why we, we couldn't. Obviously, we predicted <clears throat> we predicted it last week, and you went for us to win two 0 I went for a draw, and, and Alex went for a one 0 win. But you know, on the basis of what we saw last night, that seems a fairly fairly okay set of predictions. If we went there and drew, that's fine. It just continues the upward trajectory in terms of picking up points, um, and that's fine on it. I think you know, in terms of the last thing we should mention on this podcast, Ollie, you'd love a points per game, don't you? But um, you know that in five games, Cottrell's points per game is two point two now. I know, <laughs> which is a bit mental. It's mad. It's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And yeah, um, um, Paul Hurst in his first season was was one point five. We averaged. Um, so that's I think yep. that's that. If you're going to give the manager a target, that is it, isn't it? That what that one point five points per per game target. Um, and it's really interesting something that Sean mentioned in his post match about how you know when you play teams at the bottom, when you're both in relegation zone, there's like a lot of pressure and it feels very tense. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what kind of mindset we go into the Wigan game. Yeah. You know, hopefully the players will obviously you know I'm not saying they're going to get too ahead of themselves, but we're we're five points ahead of them now, and hopefully we can go into that game a bit more confident. And and I'm sure the focus um, for the manager now is going to be what we do with the ball. We've mm-hmm. improved the defence. Obviously, it's not finished, but it's definitely improved. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what he does um, with us going forward now. Yeah, they should not be playing Wigan under pressure. I don't think no. they, they definitely should. And come off really so much so. happens in the mentality of football, isn't it? It's you know, like it's yeah, and the, the mind is so important in in a, in a, in a, in a team game um, and the collective kind of um, position of the status of the players. Um, and the players are surely going to be in a good mood. So obviously, they're going to come in on training on Christmas Day after a bit of time with their families. Um, it's really funny actually you know Lewis Cox asked for Sean what he thought about it and he said don't really care you know it's just football um, he said he'll look forward to watching the Premier League games and, and playing football And, and the, but yeah but if you're a single bloke 20 year old well, professional true. footballer yeah. um, who's you know who's dreamed of playing football over Christmas he's looking forward to it which I think is, is good yeah. to hear yeah, it seems good. It's, it's fair enough, isn't it? Actually, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just great. It's just so nice to be looking forward to it. And to be honest with you, six weeks ago, I thought this season was a total write-off. I was, you know, I was saying I can't see us getting out of this trouble. And, it was just so, you know, bleak, we're doomed, wasn't it? <laughs> 
it's like mad, isn't it? Really, that you could think that playoffs, edge of the playoffs, top ten is is an achievable target under an experienced manager. What what a mad old season this has been, Ollie. One of the more mad seasons in the last few weeks. But yeah, long may it continue. We shall see where we are when we come back next week. We already wished everyone a Merry Christmas yep. on the last podcast. So second Merry Christmas. We we did come back when we said we wouldn't, but um, it was definitely worth it, Ollie, because I enjoyed that conversation and, and about where we're going with Steve Cottrell uh, and these lads who've stepped up yeah. finally. So yeah, second Merry Christmas, Ollie, and yeah, look after yourself, mate, as well. I didn't say that last week, but yeah, I hope you have a good yeah. Week. Cheers, Glenn. So yeah, so last week we said that um, um, yeah, um, Steve Cottrell reset the season. But I think we ha- yes. and we talked about manager bounce. But I think yeah, kind of quoting up the the, the NASA and Apollo, we have lift off now with the season oh, yeah. off. It is. It's off. And uh, there we go. And cool. We'll be back to cover the Wigan game at some point in between Christmas and New Year. So um, yeah, hopefully it's four way wins and a bounce, which will be remarkable. And uh, we'll catch you then. Merry Christmas. Oh!